Hello, and welcome to The Actuary of the Future, a podcast powered by Eames Consulting, in which insurance professionals discuss trending topics in the actuarial market. In this episode, we'll be asking our panel about career advice they have for the next generation of actuaries. We will look to discuss everything from areas of specialization to the actuarial qualification. For those listening in for the first time, don't forget to go back and check out episodes one and two. As a reminder, our panels for series one consists of Ajay Shah, Head of Predictive Analytics at Lloyds of London, Anarita Rossino, Group Claims Data and Insights Leader at Zurich Insurance, Akash Mapara, former Pricing and Underwriting Director and Actuary at Zigo, Christine Minato, Chief Pricing Officer at Policy Experts, and Nirav Shah, Chief Analytics Officer at Tokamarine Highland and Head of Pricing Analytics at Tokamarine Kill. To start, we asked Nirav what advice he would give to actuaries who are just starting out in their careers. So the advice that I'd give to a to a to a young actuary that's you know that 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 has has an offer and 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 is about to join to to join a company to to start their actuarial career. Like I I'd, I'd say like you know like t- typically like when I've when I've uh, recruited graduates and young people coming coming out of university and like. Um, embarking on, a, on an actuarial career, they're they're very focused on their exams and like and like making making progress through through the exams. I'd actually challenge that and like I'd say that you know like like obviously focus focus on 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 the exams, but actually I think you I think your primary focus should be on on like learning about the business that 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 you're. That, that you're about to join. So like un- understand the business, understand what makes the business tick, understand their place in the in the in the in the industry and and the and the and the and the you know and the things that really matter to that business, right? Like what's their purpose? What are the products that they sell? Who are the key people in their business? Like get to know the business really, really, really well. I think today um the resources that you have available to you to like build your technical skills, um, like are phenomenal. And like, there's only ever going to be more, you know, that's like online training, professional training, universities, colleagues, etc. There is so much available. So like, I think, I think like being, being very like methodical and very purposeful with your technical career path like is really important but you can you can only know that if you know your place in the in the in the in the industry really well and like where you want to be and and what you're what you're um, passionate about so almost like what i'm saying is like you know don't focus heavily on the on the on the technical development at the outset focus on the commercial development and then the the technical will come after that the panel were all in agreement with Nirav in the importance of keeping an open mind, particularly at the start of your career. Here are Narita's thoughts. First of all, just to say, you know, uh, you are probably in one of the best professions and the most sought after profession of, of the moment. So I think that's, you know, that's a really good place to start. Um, secondly, I would just really say to keep an open mind, um, keep an open mind, learn as much as you can, get into more of the almost like the two extremes so so try to understand more about the data so where you know where technically it comes from you know how um how you put together really good data ecosystem from a system point of view 
And also on the other end, also look more of a relationship side. You know, how do underwriters go around and do that business? Um, how do, you know, our sales representative build that knowledge and that relationship? So so look at look at the full, look at the full picture, keep an open mind. And also like bearing in mind that they are now in, in a place, as we said before, whereby actually their skills will not necessarily be confined to insurance. So so they have an opportunity really to make an impact to many other industries across the globe. So, so the more they could keep an open mind, the more opportunities they will have in their career to really experience um, the power of, um, of skills like, you know, data skills and impact that they have to grow and, and, um, and make business successful across the globe. In addition to being open-minded, Ajay talks about how actuaries need to seek opportunities to provide additional value to business in order to progress in their career. Yeah, so um, the first thing is just be open-minded and don't think about what you do as actuarial work because I think that's the, that, that is the downfall of many kind of actuaries as they start the profession and think, well, it's not actuarial work. Why am I, not, what, you know, why am I doing it? Uh, an actuary is just a skill set and training. That, that's all it is. And that will naturally lead us into working in certain areas it doesn't mean, because you know, it's just easier to find the skill set there, but it doesn't mean that we can't work in different areas. So, you know, pricing, reserving and capital and so on, they're, they're kind of key areas that we should be focusing on. But, you know, take time, especially early in the careers and think, you know, spend time just learning about how the insurer operates. Talk to people around the organisation. You know, think about, ask them what they do, ask them why they do it. Ask them questions about what actually impacts the bottom line of an insurer. Because you know there's some functions which do some some functions which don't. You need to understand kind of policy level when a, when a policy is written all the way through to final payment. What actually happens? Because you know again I'm going to come back to an actuary. It's a skill set and it's training. And what you might be able to do with that information is think actually bright spark. Oh you know what I've learned all these different things. I can actually help the organisation in this certain area. It doesn't mean it's an actuarial area. It means that it's your toolkit and tool set which will help you do that. So data science is an area which will help facilitate some of this because it allows you to see things that you've not naturally seen in the data. Um, it also allows you to do things a lot faster than you've been able to do in the past. And actually, it's an area where if you're talking about some more of those in fairly traditional roles in organisations and talk to people, those people might not have that talk here until set. So if you can help them in that area, it's only going to be able to further your career, further your understanding and actually you know, you don't look at CFOs and CEOs in the market and think, oh, you know, uh, I think they were just doing CFO their whole life. Well, no, they, they they haven't. They've been doing different things. And that's what you need to do to get to those higher level roles. You need a bit of more of an understanding about what an organization does. So, you know, actuarial work is great. I'm not, I'm not saying don't do it, but don't just think of it as actuarial work. Think of it as you're helping an insurer. Akash shared a similar sentiment where he believes that the next generation of actuaries should be looking to continually learn a new skill. Okay, yeah. So for actuaries just starting their careers, I guess you get a lot of generic advice when you first start. And I think a lot of that is really good. Well, all of it is really good and it's really valid. So just worth repeating, like, um, be curious, ask lots of questions, just be a sponge, learn as much as you can. Um, There are no such thing as bad questions or silly questions. That's completely true. Um, Secondly, Okay, assuming you're an actuary and you're going to be doing exams, um, it's simple and you'll be incentivized to do so, but pass your exams, um, study and just get them out of the way. I would say it, it's, it's, it, the Institute wouldn't like me saying this. Yes, you do learn a lot from them, but frankly, um, 
whilst you're studying, you're not working, you're not developing other skills you could be. Um, so just pass your exams as quickly as possible and get them out of the way. That, that's a lot of, I guess, generic advice, which a lot yeah. of people would give. And I, I'd say it's completely valid. Um, yeah. Then I guess probably the more interesting niche things or tidbits of advice I, I would give. Um, don't pigeonhole yourself as an actuary. Um, don't think of yourself as, oh, I passed the exams. I've got these skills um, that, that define me as an actuary. And that's what I'm valued for. Um, don't think that just because you are an actuary and you've, you've had to learn certain skills, that's what you're going to be valued for forever. Um, I guess another way of putting it is early on in your career, um, you, you study, you pass exams, and that's how you get a pay rise. And don't think, though, that that is what's going to keep progressing you by being academic, by being smart, does not make a good career. Um, that kind of path of studying, being intelligent, being academic, passing exams and progressing, um, it stops. It stops after you qualify, soon after you qualify. Um, so really just don't pigeonhole yourself into thinking that being smart and passing exams, um, and I see it in a lot of actuaries, it's you're, you know, you're almost conditioned, you're incentivized by this at the beginning of your career, that's completely fine, but don't think it lasts forever. And so to that end, um, don't disregard everything else which people talk about, whether it's um, people management, whether it's negotiation, whether it's um, soft skills. This is this is especially true um, for, for actuaries in the insurance industry as well. I think it's under, understated how much the insurance business is a people business um so that that's really important um and then yeah it, it is a bit generic but somebody said the phrase to me once learn or earn um and probably the learn part of that is really important for, for actually at the beginning of their career um where it's especially important you have to keep if you're not learning if you're not don't look back at your last three months and think of a handful of times you were in a situation where you were uncomfortable where you, where you didn't know what you were doing um, if that's not the case get out it, 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 you're wasting your time you're wasting your career um just get out and do something different um really really passionately believe that because otherwise you, you're settling you're, you're going to be stable um and and you, you won't enjoy your career you won't progress christine also adds that keeping an open mind is key in developing new skills as an actuary particularly with regards to the ability to assess risk um as an actuary um keep an open mind that's uh, that's the first kind of like a place and a starting point. There's no textbook that actually writes and says everything. Uh, learn, learn the principles uh, from, from an actuarial perspective uh, to actually assess different dimensions on a given problem, which is, which is a key point. There's never one-sided view. And then um, try to be as, as familiar with, uh, with the techniques so that one can know the potential that a technique can have. So you don't have to work with all the classification algorithms in order to choose one. You don't have to have assessed all the different types of clusterings. You, you, you don't need to know everything. You need to know, though, the potential that a technique or a combination of factors can, can actually give you. So a little bit of, of, of knowledge in that area is always going to be useful. And then take it, take it from there. And be be a bit more creative when approaching a problem on okay, what else could be there? And that doesn't really apply only to to data science, but it applies to kind of like um, the, the the society that we live in. Yeah, you see, like the, the assessment of the risk is is a real situation. Yeah, and and it needs almost like common sense. So use that common sense and try to validate it uh, with, with different techniques. And that's a key point, I think, that would make um, a good 
actuary eventually. Um, because exactly the, the principles I've reset, but the, the knowledge that one gets by dealing with, with different types of analysis and, and hypotheses uh, is, is unique. So that's all. Moving on to our next question, we asked Anarita how useful she thought it was for the actuary of the future to specialise in one area. I think it all depends on what, um, on what an individual wants to do with their career. And, and it goes back to the, I would say, old um, debate about, you know, do I specialise or do I become a generalistic? And um, do I go, do I, do I continue my career into more of technical roles and, and, or do I go into more of a managerial role? So, so it's, um, it generally depends on what um, an individual ambitions, goals and careers, um, uh, careers goals are. And um, so it's, so it's, it's difficult to say whether, you know, is it good to specialize or it isn't. It is good if, if you have something in mind about your career. If you want to specialize in a particular field and that's the place where you would like to stay, then absolutely do that because finding really good, you know, uh, talented and experienced, let's say pricing actually, it's not that easy. It's incredibly difficult, for example. And I'm mentioning pricing because an area, an area that I, I know very well, but I'm sure the same can be said for reserving or, or, or risk actually. So, so absolutely, you know, finding someone out there in the market with a lot of experience who's really, really happy and wants to continue on a technical role in a particular field of actuarial is like, you know, it's like finding um, uh, like the, the unicorn. It's, it's, they are really, really hard to find. So, so there's definitely like a, there's definitely like a good opportunity to specialize because it opens up these doors. Now, on the other end, um, if somebody is looking more for a uh, career and leadership career that could really, and I've seen actuaries getting all sorts of like jobs and CEOs and, and and all the way, you know, across across insurance. So so then in that case, I would probably say an individual might be better off to kind of like get a more of an experience of different fields, even moving outside actuarial within the insurance. Um, to get a sense of what it is to kind of like um, be on the other side um, of the of the equation. So really, really, it depends on what um, what people's ambitions and goals and goals are. But by looking at the market today, and perhaps Rafaela, you might know better than I do, but looking at the market today, I don't think there is anything wrong in specializing in something as well as there's, there's anything wrong in actually you know, try to learn a bit about everything um, because there are opportunities for people with data skills in both kind of like camps. So, so um, yeah, it's the choices up to the individual and uh, um, career goals and ambitions and the circumstances that if you want to specialize, go for it. If you don't want to, that's good too. I guess it's all where you want to get to in the end. Christine agrees that the decision to specialize in one particular area will depend on an individual's ambitions and what stage of a career they're at. I think uh, it depends at what level and at what point of um, in their career an actuary is. As you know, if we if we are to talk about, for example, um, a pricing actuary who has been um, quite mature in that area, um, then then 
maybe they could utilize that skill and maybe they could look into some sort of in-depth analysis, much more um, domain-specific. In reality, uh, a proper actuary should not specialize only uh, in, 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 in one area. And you can see that uh, lots of skills are transferable, I reckon, from one area to another. And we have seen many, many times people going from pricing to reserving, for example, mm -hmm. versa. Um, and then uh, in some more like generic role doing consulting. Yeah, so so um, so an actuary should, I think, should have uh, a more of, a, of, of an open mind uh, with regards to that, because it's it's more interesting as well to deal with um, different things if you're that type of person. So, um, you know, it's it's helpful specialization but sometimes uh, it restricts uh, what a person wants to do so it really depends on what level of your career is and uh, what you like. Ajay also believes that there's no right or wrong with regards to specialization and it is more down to the individual. So I think um, uh, the answer to this is each to their own because the, the only way you're going to be adding values for any organization is doing something which gives you enjoyment in life or gives you energy. There's no point doing things which don't give you the energy and don't give you the enjoyment because you're not going to be providing what you need for the employer. So if you really like a particular area and you really want to go deeper into that area, go for it. You know, go deep in, into as a reserving actuary and get that depth of experience. So go and or go into a capital position and you know kind of get a very deep understanding and stay in that area if you really do enjoy it and that's what you want to do because that's where you're going to provide the value for the insurer. If, however, you know that that's not your kind of cup of tea and you'd rather, rather skim a bit on top of the surface in a few different areas to try different things out and see how things work at a much higher level. Again, that's something you should be considering and doing. But just, just one thing you always just don't need to forget is what is your end goal? What's your five or 10 year plan? Like if it is the case that you want to become a chief factory, then you know, think about what the requirements are for a chief factory. You know, there's a, there, there's been a consultation recently from the IFA about, you know, um, how you become a chief factory. But, you know, again, what do you need to actually do? Do you need that preserving capital experience? Do you need the pricing experience as well? In which case, try and get that early on in your career. Uh, if you want to go into more into underwriting, again, you know, think about what's important. There's no point sitting there just in the capital team doing capital work. If actually, truly, you want to get into the underwriting side and help shape businesses. So uh, just have that goal of, of where you want to get to and, and don't be afraid to move around a bit. You know, uh, most winter and employer, it's quite easy to move different departments. Um, and also, you know, if you're not getting what you need where you are, then think about where else you can get that experience. But just do what makes you happy and gives you energy. If you don't do that, then um, you know, work is uh, Monday mornings aren't very nice, shall I say. Akash personally believes that actually should be looking to become specialized generalists. However, also understand the value of being a subject matter expert. Yeah, so... Um... Personally, I, I actually resent the kind of specialization that actuaries have of saying, I'm a pricing actuary, I'm a reserving actuary, I'm a capital actuary. Um, well, and again, personally, I think it, it, it's a bit it's a bit boring and just doesn't create, lend itself to that an exciting career. Um, but two, also limits yourself. And it's it's almost damaging to, 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 to other actuaries and, and people in the industry because um, you go from hiring an actuary which has a certain level of skill sets um, to just being, oh, I'm hiring a reserving actuary that just does reserving. Um, so, so I think that's not too um, controversial to say to say I don't like that. But again, even within that, there was a kind of 
once upon a time, those of you have, oh, you get a bit of reserving experience, you get a bit of capital experience, maybe a little bit of pricing, and then you're on the path to a chief actuary. Um, even that, personally, I, I resent a little bit because what it does is it kind of assumes that there's this definition of a, of a chief actuary, what an actuary can do, which is, again, limited to particular roles in pricing, reserving capital, portfolio management, whatever else it may be within an insurance company. Um, I, I dislike all, all of that. Um, essentially, um, I think, yes, there is merit in, say, picking a field and, and saying, I want a deep expertise in that field, becoming a, a subject matter expert in something. Yes, there is value in that. But as an actuary, just consider yourself as somebody with a, a very good broad set of skills that are valuable to business. You're technically good. You can predict, you can, you can build models. Um, you have a really good domain knowledge in whatever it is you studied, whether it was general insurance or life or pensions. Um, but outside of that, um, don't, don't don't consider yourself a niche in anything. Don't pigeonhole yourself because it, it's damaging. Um, and I would say almost the best thing um, that, that I, almost I would strive to be is um, a specialist in being a generalist, which sounds a bit paradoxical. But to me, the most valuable actuary or the most valuable person you can employ is somebody that can throw themselves into a situation and just apply their skills. So yes, you have very very specialist skills being an actuary, but you can apply them to any situation, whether that's any line of business within insurance or any type of insurance or any industry. Um, so almost specialize in, in not specializing is, is, is the most useful thing, I think. Neuron believes in the concept of T-shaped skilled individuals and sees this becoming more prevalent in the market in the future. I think, I think those, those lines are becoming um, quite blurred now. And I think that's, that's, a, that's a good thing. Um, so I'm I'm a big um, I'm a big advocate of like T-shaped people. So you know T T-shaped people like like have a have a have have a have a decent amount of expertise in a in a broad range of skills, but but be but be a a, a technical expert in one kind of one one uh, one specific area. But like the legacy organization is made up of I-shaped people. So like lots of deep technical experts. Working together in a team with a with a with a manager, I mean, you've got a different team with lots of I I shaped people. The modern organization, I think, has lots of T T T shaped people, right? And so I think like that is a natural evolution of like of like these kind of like deep technical skills in one specific area becoming diluted by by people that can operate in like lots of lots of lots of different contexts. So like for example, right, as a as a career pricing actuary, right, like, you know, five, ten, fifteen, fifteen years ago, like we were very focused on like working with underwriters to help price new new um new submissions or renewals. But then actually the nature of our jobs today, like that's not all we do, right? So we still help underwriters with like technical pricing, but like just as important as technical pricing is portfolio management and portfolio op optimization. To successfully do that, we you know we need to have a decent amount of expertise on catastrophe modeling and capital modeling and like you know outwards outwards reinsurance optimization, etc. 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 So like you do need a pretty a pretty broad broad range of skills. I think like that's like like that's only going to get more and more prevalent into into the future. Finally, we asked the panel how the actual qualification would change for the actuary of the future. And here's Agash's thoughts. Yeah, I, I mean, the simple answer to, to that is, is yes, that there definitely will be some evolution. I mean, the Institute always strives to 
to stay up, up to date and stay relevant. And, and just within that, I mean, we see in recent years of, of an introduction of, for example, using a technique, learning R as part of the qualification. Um, the simple answer is yes, there's any, any it's going to involve how it goes. Um, I think it's a very difficult thing to predict because that's almost a question of where is the world going to go and, and what does that mean? I think there has been a general shift from, I guess, as we talked about introduction of using new data science techniques and almost to the previous question of specialization. I think that there, there has been and probably always will be more of a focus on can this actually uh, apply their technical, their, their knowledge to different situations and scenarios. So it used to be, okay, yes, you're very smart. Can you apply that to setting a reserve? Um, to then sort of, can you apply it to this situation within a general insurance context? I think the next step of that will be and must be, can you use your technical abilities to, to optimize any process in any business, in any industry? Um, that's the only way I can, I can see it going. Um, but again, in terms of the actual format of how it gets there, yeah. who knows? Ajay also agrees that the qualification should not only assess technical capabilities, but should also focus more on the interpretation needed for decision making. Yeah, so um, I, I think that the profession is already moving forward in terms of how they're going. So if you think about I mean, when I qualified, we, we didn't have a lot of these things, but the modeling exam was just introduced. Uh, we now have, we now have the zero, the, the, the risk qualification. We now have a, a data science certificate as well. So, you know, the, the profession is moving in terms of what they're doing. Um, I think there'll be more of a focus as part of the examinations process or, or, or the way in which an actor is um, uh, qualified or becomes qualified. There's be a lot more emphasis on the interpretation of what you see to ensure that you're making good judgments and, and good decisions. Because uh, you'll often find as a case now than has been in the past where an actuary is often being asked to provide opinions on results or on items they're seeing when they don't fully understand the inner workings of how it's actually come about because it's impossible for them to understand every single model that comes to them especially when you are utilizing more data science you might have a very high level understanding of how things operate and work but maybe not the intricacy so um it's one i think interpretation is going to be a, a big thing and you can already see it as part of the ife way you know you can see the consultations of the chief actuary certificate where we've been where they're moving towards more competency-based type reviews rather than specific expertise and areas um and it's you know that's a shift which, you know, that's a higher level than qualification but there's already shifts going on and, and i very much do think you know the exams and the, and the, the process in which people have uh, have to go through to qualify will change with the times and actually uh, with with the advent of data science machine learning the computer will do a lot more of of the stuff which is just in your standard actuarial exam so the understanding will be there but there'll be a shift towards more how you use those results and what you do with them. Narita talks where she has seen success in her current company when considering individuals from non-mathematical backgrounds and how sometimes considering the right mindset and attitude can be more important than any formal qualification. That is a really good one. Um, in the last few years um, I personally actually experienced the rise of um, uh, apprentices. apprentices. Um, so, oh, yeah. so, strictly speaking, kids come from school uh, who have been have joined, you know, the insurance that have joined um, a career path in some cases actuarial, and have actually started across, you know, so starting from GCSEs or A levels. I, I believe A levels is where they, they could start for for actuarial, but I might be wrong there. But anyway, so starting from school or from college, they've come into insurance and they've actually started working on their qualifications within the apprenticeship schemes and the apprenticeship training. 
I mean, I don't think 10 years ago we would have ever thought about that. You know, we would have ever thought about the fact that um, we would have apprentices in actuarial. Um, but it is happening. It's actually a very successful too. You know, at Zurich we've had, uh, you know, we've had, we've, we've actually, we've done a really huge campaign and push for, for apprentices and they've been incredibly successful in many areas, including um, actuarial. So, so, Things are changing now. I mean, the, the qualifications are changing now. You know, so we started with this idea that people need to be with a certain type of degree or with a certain type of I don't know qualifications to, to join the profession. And actually, we figure out that's not really the case. Um, and and there is value of actually bringing people with a different level of qualifications um, and um, and with different qualifications. And and with strong path, which I believe, you know, to be honest with you, which I believe the, the actual institute does have, with strong, you know, path to, to training, um, they can be as successful actresses as the ones that, you know, have joined um joined the, the clan um decades ago with, with a different type of qualification. So the answer to that is actually yes, it's happening now. Um there isn't really like um we have, we have really, really opened up um, our opportunities and we have really understood how, you know, data skills can really be taught at all levels, including actuarial skills. So, so yes, that will happen. There will be more than that um, in the future, no doubt. Um, but I would say the example of the apprenticeships is really, really good, um, really good way to show how we have evolved with our, you know, initial thoughts about how would a good candidate for an actuarial schemes look like to what um, it looks today with the same level of appetite. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just going to evolve and happen as it's already done. One of my best recruits in the grads program for actuarial was um, someone who, well, he also had like a mathematical background, but he had um, he had a, a degree in philosophy. Um, but but he was so highly numerically driven. Um, he would do mathematical models at home on his own in his own spare time. So so you know, and, and just like if you look at it like that, if you if you perhaps looked at this person and just out of the you know just just from the outskirt decided that um, perhaps he wasn't a good fit because he had didn't have the right qualifications, then you know you would have missed a massive opportunity. So I think we have definitely evolved in the way we look at skills. And we and we and qualifications, and we and we definitely understand more about the importance of um, you know how powerful it is to learn um, in the job. Um, and if you hire the people with the right skills, with the right attitude, the right mindset, um, then you know they could you could evolve them. And there are so many opportunities now. You know you could qualify you could qualify as an actuary or, or part qualifiers and actually like doing like a master you could as you said you know you could do a data science qualification within the the institute you could do it so so the opportunities are without a doubt um endless i think what underlying what we still need are people who are passionate about data who are very very um keen to learn who have that curiosity and in a way humbleness to learn uh, from 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 the job from their colleagues, and and they have no fear to put themselves out there in the mix 
um, to try new things. So I think a person with those skills can become a very successful actuary, data scientist, um, or in any other fields in data, really. Nero has some interesting insights into how actuaries could be assessed in the future. Yeah, almost, almost certainly. I think, I think there will be. Like it, it kind of has to change. I think, I think, like, I think, I think, like, exam-based qualifications. Whilst like that's what everyone does. That's that's what we've done to to like get through get through university, uh, etc. Like, like you 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 optimize. Like you, you optimize your efforts when you go through that type of formal qualification to pass the exam, not to learn. It's like like you, you optimize everything you do to 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 pass to pass pass the exam. Like surely there is a better way to like both you know to both maximize efforts, the, the effort that you put in to pass the exam, but also to like to like learn genuinely useful material that stays with you for for a, for, a, for a long period of time like i'm i'm a big fan of like project based learning um so you know like like i i would i would love it if like say like 30 or 40% of the like I, ifoa qualification was like some sort of like capstone project right like where you know you 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 go and find an an, an industry problem or some sort of relevant problem and then you spend six months, twelve months, you know, like like however long is 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 appropriate to go and solve that problem, and you then get marked on on your you know on your on your process through the execution of this project, um, rather than just an exam based. So, yeah, I, I mean, it, it almost certainly has to change. Right? Like like time times are changing. You know, like what we have to learn is changing. How we learn is changing. So. And that's all we have time in this week's episode, which brings series one to a close. Thank you to our panel of experts for providing some great insights across the series. We're working on series two currently with a fresh panel of experts and hope to bring you new episodes soon. If you enjoyed the podcast so far, please do like, subscribe and share with your network.